0: everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The Rapper right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Keela Cash and it's a brand new week here on the Fight Game Media Network as we are on that road to Wrestlemania but I'm happy to say I'm not alone as i got two great co-hosts by my side. By my side per the usual is my co-host, my co-captain, my right hand man and the advocate of the no longer missing Von Wagner. I bring to you per the usual, Scott Young. Welcome back, Scott.
1: It's always a pleasure, Keela. Thank you for having me back even though I'm a Miz fan so that's that's just always the kindness of your heart right there I always appreciate that um, you know I, I always appreciate one thing I really like about this show and appreciate is we bring a different voice and we bring a different perspective every week and I'm excited to have to I'm low-key excited to have this perspective this week
0: <laughs> it's always best to have a low-key state of mind and I love this show as well we get to dive into some of the bigger WWE topics of the we can give our own takes along the way and throw some shade at the Miz and Von Wagner too. And to Von Wagner, my dear. So you were back on NXT after about three weeks of absence and loss. And I was very sad about that. But then you returned this week for 40 seconds And I have to say, I don't remember a solitary moment of that. I was on my phone and I looked up and I completely missed Von Wagner. I went online and checked out the WWE YouTube channel and I realized I did not miss much. He did a lot of blinking and he said two or three words. And thank you, Von, for that. You gave me nothing and therefore I didn't miss much after all. And Scott just helped me on Tuesday when he faces... Andre Chase, will he get an A in Chase University?
2: Well, I can tell you one thing. It's uh, it's going to be a teachable moment, but it's going to be a teachable moment for WWE,
1: and that's going to be to leave Von Wagner off TV.
0: one would only hope that would be the lesson away from all of this but we shall see come tuesday also by our side this week is someone all over the world halfway across the globe it is a brand new day through space and time all the way from australia back once again keeping it low key per the usual cj tapping from the Fike media family welcome back cj
3: thank you how was my chad gable impression was that good
0: that was excellent actually
3: oh <laughs> uh, thanks for having me back i'm i'm about to turn green on nxt so i'm i'm excited for this episode
0: yeah CJ, is turning heel. <laughs> yeah, CJ is turning green on this show. He's turning heel on NXT 2.0. A lot of things to get to as we get down the road to WrestleMania, which kicks off with quite the lead topic that broke on Friday night, courtesy of John Pollock from Post Wrestling. And he's normally a reliable source of information. And this story was surprising. Let's wind back just a little bit. Just Friday night SmackDown on Fox a couple of days ago. So Pat McAfee announced that he will be interviewing Vince McMahon on his show this Thursday at high noon via Sirius XM and his YouTube channel and then maybe an hour or so later there's an article dropping courtesy of John Pollock noting that this appearance is most likely going to jumpstart an angle for WrestleMania involving Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee and the big question is will this actually be a match between a 76 year old man and a very young Pat McAfee on the opposite side of the ring I immediately had my doubts about this proposal because the only thing that makes sense is Austin Theory being the surrogate for Vince to fight on his behalf as he is now the prodigal son of Vince McMahon, more so than Shane or Triple H at this point. He is the new guy that Vince has his eye on and Pat McAfee can obviously deliver on the mic in the ring and that would be the acceptable WrestleMania match for nights one or two in Arlington, Texas to sell out two nights of WrestleMania at AT AT&T Stadium. Him. Knowing Vince McMahon, though, he's crazy. He's 76. He's old and he jumped off of high shit two years ago at the PC telling Rob Gronkowski to overcome his fear of heights. So if he's willing to do that at 75 or 74 years old, imagine what he'll do at 76 in order to sell the house in Dallas. So I don't think we're getting a Vince McAfee match, but I don't put anything past the old man. But I do find it very funny that as we reach the final stages of WrestleMania season, Vince is relied upon possibly Pat McAfee and Cody Rhodes as more reliable surrogate sons than Shane and Triple H. So Scott, what are your thoughts on this potential batshit crazy WrestleMania match between one Pat McAfee and Vincent Kennedy McMahon?
1: So the 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 prospect of it of of Pat McAfee and, and Vince kind of going back and forth it, it sounds fun like I I think this this interview is going to be a lot of fun when he goes on the Pat McAfee show. Now as far as the match goes, Keith, I think you're on to something with the Austin theory thing. I think that's a really good call. One other thing we can remember though, when in, when in regards to Vince McMahon and a match at WrestleMania, he had a match with Bret Hart at WrestleMania wasn't really much of a match it was really just him getting mauled just getting destroyed by different people um i, I even think uh harry smith and and tyson kid got to hit their finisher on him. so there was that then there's the matches he had with Shawn michaels the matches he had um where, you know where he, it's it's just bells and whistles it's just all big big moves big stuff like that so in that regard, I could see Vince McMahon having a match where he has a whole bunch of stooges just come out and maybe Pat McAfee has a little army and that's kind of what the quote-unquote match is. You know, it's not your your normal match, but it's just a whole bunch of bells and whistles and, you know, maybe Pat and his crew are taking out this little mini Vince army. But more than likely, it's going to be the Austin Theory thing. And Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee could mess around and be one of the better matches. I mean, we've seen what Pat can do when he's in there with a good work. Worker Austin's a really good worker. I think the mic wor- the mic work from Pat would be fantastic. So, yeah, I, I'm all for this because I, I do think Vince is. He's aware of himself now. I, I I have to think that this guy is, has seen himself on TV and is like, I right, let me let me not spend too much time in front of the screen. So, you know, I, I can stand on the sidelines and let Austin carry the load. I, I think that's where we're going, or it's just going to be his name on the billing for the match. But it's just going to be. All bells and whistles, and he may take one big bump at the very end, but I, I don't think I don't think he's crazy enough to do a full fledged match like we did, like he had against Hulk Hogan, or um, even the HBK one is probably a bit out of his realm now.
0: Yeah, I don't want to see it at this point. Maybe one bump would be enough, but I'm just curious to see when he goes on the Pat McAfee show on Thursday, and if they're really going to go through with this matchup. Allegedly, how in the hell? Vince is going to get the jump on Pat McAfee and his entire crew in the room. I want to see how this is set up. Does Austin Theory sneak in, attack Pat McAfee? I just want to see how it all plays out. The angle leading up to SmackDown the next night in Miami is going to be very interesting. And I cannot wait to see what happens. I honestly believe that Austin Theory and Pat McAfee could absolutely steal the show at WrestleMania. They got hops for days. They're incredibly athletic and talented. And Pat McAfee on a live mic, cutting promos and Austin Vince would be everything. He is going to be one of the most over people heading into WrestleMania weekend if this does come to pass. this just want a full-blown match between Theory and McAfee in particular. Sell the house, have a great performance and have pat stamp commentary the rest of the night, maybe with a two or three match break with Monday Night Raw taking in charge of things. So CJ, when the news dropped a couple of days ago, I'm sure you were surprised at the prospects of 76-year-old Vince McMahon, the chairman of the board, the boss, the very definition of upper management going up against potentially possible Maybe Pat McAfee Arguably the best commentator in WWE today
3: Yeah, I, it was a bit of an uh-oh moment When I read that um, You know, I have this rule With wrestling matches With singles matches Where if if the two participants combined age Is over 100 Then the match is guaranteed to be bad And 76 is Vince's age 34 is Pat's age and that past that is those two ages together is over 100. So there is no way this match can be good. So I'd like to think um, Austin theory would be wrestling as Vince's um, what his underling or whatever, um, because they've been spending a lot of time together. I think I was about to say it would have been cool to reunite the Kings of NXT, but two of those dudes are gone now. Um, I think it was Pete Dunne that was the next leader of that. So, I mean, I don't know if he'd get involved. Um, but yeah, it's, I think at the very least, it's a bit of a compliment to Pat because Vince, I mean, Vince obviously really likes him enough to have put him on the commentary table and I, yeah, like just, I, I don't know. I Scott, you're right. Vince is aware of himself. Like he's, I think it's been a thing that he doesn't really want to be on television lately. Um, So I can't imagine he is expecting to do a proper match at WrestleMania. But yeah, I just, something will happen to where it won't actually end up being Vince in the ring. Like I just, it's just incredibly dangerous. Like for someone that old to be, even if they're not taking bumps, like 76 um, and Vince has had, I believe he's had concussions before, right? Am I correct there?
0: Concussions, torn quads—you name it—he's been through. Oh,
3: cool. <laughs> ah, uh, one of the great moments of human history, there. Um, yeah, I—I just—I hope it's not actually him in the match because just—I mean, Pat's a pro, but you never know what could go wrong. Um, if he tore his quads getting into the ring uh, 17 years ago. You know, I, his whole leg might fall off this time. So, um, yeah, I assume it's going to be Austin Theory and Pat and Austin Theory could be fine together. Oh, Cody Rhodes, who said Cody Rhodes just before?
0: I did as one of Vince's surrogate yeah. sons.
3: Oh. Man, it could happen. Imagine that as <laughs> Cody is Vince's boy. What a heel turn, like just full-fledged. That's what I want now. So, so thank you for that. And it probably won't happen, but yeah.
0: Just a crazy series of events regarding this potential matchup at WrestleMania. And Vince says Scott Mitchin is very subconscious about his age and his look. And if you look at Monday Night Raw and every interaction with Austin Theory as of late, these are heavily edited segments. They are not, live they're very spliced together and Vince has the lowest energy I've ever seen from him he can barely talk above a whisper these days and I know he pumps iron in the gym all the time works out to two o'clock three a.m does not get any sleep whatsoever he's a very tough 76 year old man but in terms of projecting Mr. McMahon from 20 years ago that isn't there anymore and the less he does the better let Austin Theory do the work as your next guy up and produce a WrestleMania moment, not only for him, but for Pat McAfee as well. And if, if Vince wants to take a bump, then so be it. But just stay out of the ring, mostly. I cannot take it. If Kevin Owens had butted you and basically changed the directory of WWE creative due to bat shit going down for the last four or five years, then please don't take another bump fence, I beg of thee. But we'll see how it all plays out, that famous saying, via the Pat McAfee show this Thursday via YouTube and Sirius XM. And I'll be watching, I don't know if I'm be watching live, but I would definitely be seeing the highlights whenever they drop via Twitter. And now it's time to talk about some contract news in WWE. First off, AJ Styles has re-upped with WWE for upwards to $3 million a year, courtesy of Fight was Select and possibly getting a bus as well you have made it into the big time you get a bus and three million dollars per year you are going to be a wwe lifer living your best possible life but on the flip side of contract news cesaro has quietly walked away from wwe after not coming to terms with his contract which was up a few weeks ago and crazily enough he re-upped with the wwe for a year last year heading to the warrior rumble which explains why he was not a part of the gauntlet match on SmackDown for a shot at Roman Reigns' Universal Championship at the Warrior Rumble last January. And I wondered to myself, alongside Scott, during a Warrior Rumble review last month, where was Cesaro for the Rumble? Here's our answer. No contract. Why bother pushing him, booking him with wins and whatnot? So... This news was very surprising to me but at the same time, at this stage in your life, you're all about the money. It was not about the booking. It was about the money he was not getting from WWE. When you look at Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and now AJ Styles re-upping with WWE for possibly millions of dollars, he thought he was worth the same and WWE felt differently. And as we wonder what's next for Cesaro, now Claudio, his government name as he takes the next steps in his career which might be financially driven which is all right and good, I want look back at his run in WWE that started 11 years ago we've gone from yodeling Antonio Cesaro to Cesaro with the Real Americans alongside Jack Swagger to winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 30 nearly eight years ago now to having fantastic matches against John Cena during the US Open Challenge on Monday Night Raw all the way to the bar with Sheamus about five years ago on Raw and Smackdown for that matter and he's had WrestleMania moments against Seth Rollins had a great title match because Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash last year. So when you look at the totality of his run in WWE, it has been very impressive. And some say he might have been under push, but to me, a lot of stars in this industry, specifically in WWE, they don't get the titles. They don't get a WrestleMania spotlight match. He's definitely overachieved, even though in a lot of ways, he was underrated by the higher-ups in some cases. So CJ, when you look back at Cesaro's run in WWE, what are your best memories and where do you see him landing next on his wrestling journey?
3: All right. Best memories of Cesaro. I actually had these written down. Um, I I loved the the Cesaro and Chris hero. I refuse to call him that name. He had versus Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins and CM Punk. Um, the both times he answered John Cena's open challenges, um, for the U S title, the hot tag video, you know, the one I'm talking about against like the good brothers and, um, whoever else was on raw at that time. Um, the time he, ran into the crowd at SummerSlam and tore apart the beach ball. Yes. That was just the greatest Cesaro fuck you moment of all time. Sorry. if I I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this. Are we allowed to?
0: Yes. F-bombs are allowed.
3: Okay. Yeah, that was great. And when his teeth got smashed in that match against Rollins and Ambrose, just that look on his face of horror. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I've just lost my teeth. Um, that, I, it, I laugh endearingly because I do love Claudio Cesaro. Um, Yeah, they're pretty much the main ones. And obviously beating Seth Rollins at WrestleMania was, I I can't believe I thought it was going to go somewhere, but they're my favorite Cesaro memories. Oh, one more, sorry. When he became a team with Sheamus and he was holding the Guinness and he didn't drink it. That's my last one.
0: Lovely Cesaro memories. And Scott was walking down memory lane with Cesaro as well as he watched back some of his greatest moments in WWE as well.
1: Yeah, I uh, you know I, just going back looking on some of his matches and you you guys touched on a lot of them. You know the the two the matches with Cena were just top tier. And going back and seeing the crowd reaction to him and how they're just ready for him, I, I go back and think he should have been the guy to take the title off him. If I remember, I think it was Alberto Del Rio. And we we'll see how that worked out. And I think that's going to be kind of the story of Cesaro it's just there was a guy is a guy of missed opportunities like you could you could pinpoint maybe four or five I mean at at least off the top of my head moments where the crowd was ready to just get behind him full fledged as a top guy I think this the matches with cena that's the first instance i think when he first came back and he had the new music and he i think he debuted in that fatal or he redebuted in that fatal four way on raw for the number one contendership he lost that he should have won that match i think that would have been huge for him one of the worst moments of his career and this may be controversial but he should have never became a Paul Heyman guy. I think right after he turns on swagger and and the real Americans and he gets the swing, he's got the swing over, he should have just went on his own. I, I know Paul Heyman was the hot guy and he needed something to do with Brock being gone, but I think the expectations that weren't met really set him back a lot further than we realized because I mean, he was on a good trajectory Up until that point, he had been a U.S. champion, tag champion, he gets the big run with Paul, it doesn't quite go as well as everyone wants, and next thing you know, things just don't really go that well for him at any other point in time, so... You know, I I just think back to a lot of missed opportunities like that. And and CJ brought up, he gets the big win at WrestleMania over Seth Rollins. And you think, well, they're at least going to keep him relevant. They're at least going to keep him on TV, keep him, you know, established. And they don't even do that. Uh, He he lost a match last week or his last match was against uh, Happy Corbin, I think. And I'm a Corbin guy. so. But for him to go out against Baron Corbin, like... You know, we got to do better by that, man. So, you know, for me, Cesaro is just a guy of missed opportunities. And I, I love the bar. I think the bar is one of the best tag teams that WWE has done in a while. I think they meshed well together. Cesaro is going to go down as one of the best tag team specialists they've ever had. Him and Tyson Kidd were a great tag team. Him and Shinsuke were a good tag team. He was good with anybody. He's had great classic tag team matches. Um, but, you know... Just missed opportunities. As far as where I want him to go, I don't want him to go to AEW right now. I, you know, I, I, that He can do that at any point in time. I feel like that door will be open for him whenever he wants. I need to see. That guy needs to have a G1 run. I would love to see mm-hmm. him just mix it up with a lot of different people in New Japan. Then I want to see him go and dominate somewhere. I want to see him in like Impact and just run Impact for six months to a year and just be the guy. You know, or or even go to ring, or even go after go to Terminus, go after Gresham's Ring of Honor title. Like, there's so many things he could be doing before he gets tied down to WWE as well. Like, I don't want to see him go back to WWE right now either. Let him be a free agent. Let him just be this rogue. Look at what Nick. Look at what uh, um, Zach Ryder's doing. Matt Cordona, Let let Cesaro, let Claudio just run wild on the Indies right now. So that that's what I want to see him do next. Is just kind of be this rogue agent who just shows up kicks ass and walks away
3: yeah, that'd be a role for him I um, I didn't actually yeah I forgot to say where I wanted to go but I pretty much agree with everything Scott just said I think AEW's crowded um, he could show up and do the one off thing or whatever but I think New Japan's like the clear cut best place for him so just wanted to put that out there and I'll pay for him to be in the G1 if I have to
0: do you have enough zeros to get him there is the question i
3: will find a way
0: you'll find a way i will love that g1 new japan strong as well any option for cesaro now claudia would work for me as well but i always go back to the vince mcmahon interview with stone cold Steve austin via the wwe network about seven years ago now and stone cold brought up cesaro and vince says i don't see it in him he doesn't have the it factor, can't grab that brass ring. And from there, he was indicted as a mid Car Lifer. And it's unfortunate because Cesaro had a whole lot more to offer than Vince saw. But he he was, as Scott mentioned, a tag team specialist, a guy that worked great with anybody at any time. And Seamus would not be ashamed to say that Cesaro, that best seven series on Monday Night Raw during the initial brand split of 2016 and them teaming together. That saved Sheamus's career. He was dead in the water, winning that Money in the Bank contract, winning the WWE championship. Nobody gave a shit. That Cesaro feud and that partnership saved Sheamus's career by at least six years now. And that bar partnership was everything on Raw and SmackDown during that time. I love them as a team. And it was nice to see Sheamus and Cesaro have one of the last few matches before the Pappy Corbin bout. A couple of weeks ago, that was one of their last interactions together in the ring. And that was pretty damn sweet. And they still have not missed a beat in the ring since then. And now on to Monday Night Raw going down live from the University of South Carolina. I always want to talk about this particular person because I never thought that Brock Lesnar would make me happy every time he appears on my screen. Happy go lucky moose hunting cowboy couture rocking in the middle of renter. Brock Lesnar is the best Brock Lesnar there is. He is in the pocket right now, in the ring, on the mic. His personality is brimming and I gotta laugh at the fact that there was a kid in the audience that he high-fived and he said, hey, touch my championship. It's yours for a moment. And he's high-fiving people, taking selfies, hopping on the announce table, clicking his heels. Five years ago, he told Heath Slater, I don't give a shit about your kids. Now, I love all the children. I am a people person. I am the people's champion and Every time Brock smiles, he's so happy and it's from a real place. Yes, the money is lovely, but it seems as if he's really enjoying this run in WWE. And I felt that way a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic hit, that Brock was on Monday Night Raw nearly every single week, putting in that work, building up his match against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania at the PC, unfortunately. But he was present. But this Brock is having the time of his life. If the Pat McAfee interview is any indication, this guy is high on the hog of life and joy and fun. Who would have thunk that, Scott, that Brock Lesnar would be one of the best parts of WWE as a pure, loving, badass babyface cowboy?
1: I mean, this this for me just speaks to Brock Lesnar, just Brock Lesnar understanding the assignment. Like, he knows who he needs to be, and this probably, and this is him. You know, this is just him just being genuine, but he still understands what he needs to be right now against Roman. He's making sure that everybody's with him. He's making sure that everyone sees him having a blast. He made sure that that kid smacked his belt a few times. He's, I know exactly, that moment he was walking down the ramp, he grabbed that kid's head and said, no, you smacked this belt. You take this moment. Like, he is he is relishing this, and he is. This is what a, a baby face looks like. This is how you can present a monster as a baby face. Because once the bell rings, we we know what Brock Lesnar does. We we know his suplex city time. We know he's tossing dudes. We know he's he, he's just manhandling people. But Brock Lesnar is so smart, and I, you know people who know wrestling talk about it, but just the, the majority don't talk about how smart Brock Lesnar is when it comes to just little things, just understanding what he needs to do in the moment. and he understands he needs to be the ultimate baby face right now. His exchange with Paul Heyman was fantastic like him him just mimicking him, doing the intro you know everything about what Brock is doing right now, I couldn't fathom five years ago. Like you think back to the first match that Brock and Roman had and, and it just seemed like Roman was never going to be able to be the guy and Brock could never be this babyface, And now we're sitting here, Roman's God mode and Brock Lesnar is arguably one of the best baby faces in wrestling right now. So it's a crazy dynamic, but lo- this is WWE Getting lucky if we'll be honest with you, because if Brock Lesnar's not this great baby face, this feud and this match does not work.
0: Not at all. And we are seven years removed from a WrestleMania that people did not care about until Brock said he was re-upping with the WWE and people cared. And now it's completely different in that these two guys are at their best as a heel and a baby face. And I know there are a lot of reservations, which I'll get to during our SmackDown discussion, but this is not 2015. This is not 2018. This is a completely different ball game. And as Scott mentioned, Brock is incredibly savvy, not only as a character, but as a businessman. That man sat at the crib for over a year and a half, and he realized there would be a day when Vince needs me again. The world is opening up, tickets need to be sold. Roman needs an opponent, who better than me, to be this lovable, badass, monster baby face that the people can wrap their arms around and they're rocking with me. And Brock is so natural on the mic, charisma for days, getting Sami Zayn over crazily enough. All of this stuff he's done has been so great. And it's really a benefit to what Brock has been able to do in and out of the ring, to see a glimpse inside Brock, the man, the champion, and sometimes comedian. It's been great to watch and it's been a blast seeing him come out there every single week being happy as fuck. I enjoy that about Brock. He makes my Mondays so much better. So CJ, when you see happy, go lucky, cowboy hat wearing, winter coat rocking Brock Lesnar, do you feel a sense of joy, warm up in your spirit and heart?
3: Yeah, I do and it's because like oh wow there's a baby face uh, like a gr- there is one great baby face on this show. It's like you know look how easy it is like it's Brock is just being him like this isn't really I mean I don't know if he's this happy go lucky all the time but he's just like I'm going to have a good time. I'm I'm the man here. I'm Brock Lesnar. Like everyone enjoy this with me. And it's just it just makes it look so easy to get over. Like obviously he's been positioned in a way where he can do this. Um, you know, it's not, not everyone is given, I guess this opportunity to just be, you know, just like a great baby face. Like they're given all these weird things to do thinking they'll get over, but Brock's so good as a baby face. I never thought like this person who I'd thought to be so antisocial and just like a mercenary businessman just comes in wrestles for the money, which is, which isn't, untrue because that's what he does but it's just it's just so good like it's so enjoyable and just the way he dresses like i mean i might say something blasphemous i don't know if he's more cowboy shit than um someone else but i mean like this is it kind of is just cowboy shit like he's just you know he's just doing his own version of it and it's working it's he's heaps fun and As you said, we know, like, when the bell rings, it's on. And he's just going to throw dudes around and do his thing. So I think he's, like, the best thing, at least on the babyface side, in all of WWE. Like, I don't don't think I've enjoyed a babyface this much since Daniel Bryan. And even he he had to, like, um, he had an uphill battle of getting over obviously and it was an anomaly the way he was booked and how he persevered but yeah i mean it's t- such a great natural talker as well because he i'd, I'd imagine he has input even though he's i would imagine there is things he's told to say but he sounds so natural like i just don't know why more baby faces are booked like um kind of cowboy superheroes it's kind of baffling that this is working so much and they don't think hmm we should try this with a younger person it's Yeah, but Brock's incredible.
0: Yes, if this only worked for most of the roster to get them over as babyfaces, Brock has charisma for a day. Something I never thought I would say, but let's not forget the legacy and legend of Boombox Brock Lesnar. That is another one of my faves. But Uh, this, Cowboy Brock, is special. (laughs) (laughs) Those two weeks with that Boombox as a Uh, (laughs) briefcase.
3: Do do y'all remember when... They did like I think Seth was the, yeah Seth was a champion back when Seth was over as shit as a babyface, um, and Brock's doing the headbanging and then Seth's music starts playing and Paul is air guitaring. So uh, <laughs> Paul's music ah oh, just beautiful stuff and then Brock's like alright chill out buddy but yeah uh, <laughs> boom Brock party.
0: Oh Look yes, the Brock Block Party was everything. and That made that win at Money in the Bank somewhat forgivable for that alone. Yeah. Oh, it was tremendous. As we segue to a very familiar person that tends to pop up on this show time and time again won Damian Priest, the current United States champion. And I have been clamoring for a heel turn for quite some time now. And we had a whacked out proposal <laughs> recently on The Wrap as we thought, could it be Damien versus Priest at WrestleMania in a cinematic match for the United States championship? And now we might have a twist in this storyline in that Finn Balor is challenging Damian Priest for a shot At the U.S. title this Monday on Raw. And I honestly would love to see Finn Balor win this championship. I immediately got vibes from a match I call back to a lot. It's NXT TakeOver In Your House, June 2020. The standout performance that put Damian Priest on the map as a babyface on NXT. Finn Balor and Damian put on a match at the PC that was so damn good and i hope they can replicate that magic on monday night raw for this u.s title preferably with a title change because Damian priest needs to turn heel in the worst possible way in this case for him the best possible way because he needs something the crowds do not connect with him shelton benjamin from south kakulaki got more love than him he was a de facto heel that was a bad weird switch dynamic but here we are and Damien Priest had to say, I've gone through everybody in this division. I want real challengers. I want a real threat. And Finn comes out there and the fans pop. So I would love to see a title change heading into WrestleMania. And how about this? It sounds a little bit more plausible now. If we do run it back at WrestleMania, it could be the demon versus Damien. That sounds a bit better than a tool, like a dual split personality match that we crazily propose on a show, which is not out of the realm of possibility. So Scott, what are your thoughts on this potential matchup between Monday and, of course, WrestleMania?
1: So, a couple things. Um, let me just throw this warning out because here's what could possibly happen with the demon versus, uh, I believe it's Priest. Priest is the, the evil part, and, and, right? And, and Damien's the good, right? Isn't is Damien the good, or, or is Damien the evil and Priest is the good?
0: Priest is good. Damien is bad. Like Bosemary's baby, bad. And the, and like a priest
1: in the church would be good. That makes yes. sense. Okay, so what I think is going to happen is we're going to have Finn Balor versus Priest as he tries to as he tries to to, to get the priest to take on Damien, and we have the demon taking on Damian. So we're going to have the first ever one-on-one Fatal 4-Way tag team match all in the same match for the United States Championship. And it's going to be held under WWE scramble rules. So that means potentially the demon could pin Damian. And the Priest could pin Finn, and we could have Finn Balor, not the Demon, just Finn Balor, as the new U.S. champion with the rematch against the Demon at WWE Backlash. So, this is just potential things that could happen from that. Um, Now... Let's 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 talk some let's talk some real talk when it comes to Finn Balor and, and Damian Priest. I, I don't know what they're doing with Damian Priest. I don't know why they had him lose if he was just going to keep the U.S. title with AJ Styles to begin with. Like it, it just makes no sense in hindsight. Like wh- I, why wouldn't you just keep this guy strong? Like if the plan is to get to the a U.S. title with Finn Balor for WrestleMania because it seems like that would be the goal to have a heel Damian Priest versus the Demon Finn Balor. Why not keep Damian Priest strong and have him undefeated? So that way, when the demon beats him, it means something. But he's already been beat. So I, I'm with you, but something tells me they're not going to do it. Damian Priest is still going to keep it. I'd like for Finn Balor to win the belt um, and kind of maybe elevate it. And, and you know, Finn Balor gets gets to kind of have a nice run with the title because if they unify the titles, he's going to be the top title on that brand for a while because Roman's not going to be on Raw every week so Finn Balor would be the guy and I'd, I'd be here for that
0: that would be the most reasonable solution. And I think CJ almost hung up with your original proposal <laughs> for WrestleMania, because if this is 2020 and we had the cinematic match era, that would happen. That actually would happen. If Ray Mysterio could pop out a fake eyeball, that match scenario wow. at a Thunderdome <laughs> or a PC is very possible. So if the world doesn't get crazy in a month, like it's possible And I'm scared because that's an idea that Vince would actually go with. And dare I say, it might have more heat than what the actual match at WrestleMania could be. So CJ, as you now calm down from Scott's wild scenario that could come true by the way, and still might break you in five weeks. What are your thoughts on priest and Balor this Monday on raw and possibly running it back at WrestleMania Damien versus the demon.
3: Okay. There's a lot to unpack. Um, First, you, I just have to bring this up. You mentioned the eyeball. Um, my my buddy who produce who edits and produces my um, uh, my podcast One Hour Broadway cheap plug. Um, he thought the eyeball thing was legit, and he <laughs> he is he is older than me, um, so I don't know what the excuse was. He was like, "Holy shit! Did Ray's eye pop out?" And I just said, "Yeah, man, it was crazy." Um, the, <laughs> now, the the thing that um, that Scott proposed—the wrestling tenet, if you will—with with, um, with um, I don't even want to say it because I just feel like my tongue will fall out. But that would be—I mm, feel like it would make me so upset that I just wouldn't be able to make any noise. Like I just, no, nothing would be able to come out. I would just, something would happen to me. I hope they don't do that. I love demon versus Damien. That's just, you know, I I love the demon thing. I love, I I don't love um, when the paint looks a little black facey, but if they do the paint really good, it's great. Um, I just, I'm really into that idea actually, because they never, they didn't do the demon in NXT. Um, back in the performance center, and I don't know why you would, because it's a big entrance thing, and you know you got to bring the demon out for for um for WrestleMania. So I, I like that the four way where uh, <laughs> a, a, a two man <laughs> four way just maybe I don't know if and I
1: tag team match. Don't forget the tag team part. Uh, um,
3: <laughs> that, that's like uh, explaining time travel and that i don't know that would just hurt me um in so many ways so i, I can't uh, co-sign on that but demon versus damian i can um yeah i could see them doing it on raw as the uh the normal non-painted wrestlers and then do a big one for and you know which would be good for the u.s title at wrestlemania so just uh, never bring up the four way again, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're so sorry for traumatizing you with that idea. Damn you, Scott, for that. But
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I, uh, I just put an application in on Indeed, so I
2: was just testing out some ideas for uh, when I have my job interview. That's all. Oh, my God. And this is one of your bright ideas. It's going to
0: get you through the door. Hey, Vince, I got a great one for you. Fatal four way scramble tag team match. Four people, four split personalities. How about it, Vince?s Goddamn it, kid! That's a great idea. You're hired. Cinematic style. So, yes. <laughs> For a six hour WrestleMania. Oh my god! All right. The so make
3: you the chairman.
0: The chair. Oh my god! So Vince has three sons now: Scott, Cody, and Pat McAfee.
2: This is this is turning out pretty good, man. I uh, who would have known? Doing a show with Kila would get me a job with Vince McMahon. <laughs>
0: Hey, I deal with sanity. You deal with insanity, and he loves insane shit. So you can get a seat at the table. You get stock, creative control. You, Cody, and Pat McAfee running shit in WWE when Nick Khan signing the checks. I love that for us.
3: A true American nightmare.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> now would Scott be required to get a Cody American nightmare tattoo? Uh, yes.
3: No. Get that tattooed on your neck. I, I'm. If, it's good we're in different countries because after that idea, I'm I'm going to run up on you with a tattoo gun, and you are getting <laughs> you are getting the, <laughs> the nightmare bug like, on your neck. Oh, that makes me angry too. I,
0: I'm getting I'm getting the
3: Cody Tramp stamp on my neck. <laughs>
0: the ultimate corporate ministry y'all forget 99 2022 2023 the 2025 this is a real corporate ministry here for those of you that remember those days during the height of the attitude era and my only cribble about this entire matchup between the demon and damien possibly the wrestlemania is the fact that kevin owens is still owed a shot at the u.s title he Was cheated out of his match a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw? Will he ever get a rematch? But then he thought to himself, what do I want more? The championship or feuding with the entire state of Texas? Let me think about that. State of Texas, U.S. title. State of Texas, U.S. title. State of Texas, Stone Cold, U.S. title. I pick Stone Cold and the entire state of Texas. Because why not if Vince pays me that kind of money? Booking be damned. And now... Speaking of WrestleMania and matchups, finally, after months of trying to get back on track, it appears that Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch are on that path to WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. And it seems as if the people are with Bianca Belair. Thank God for that. I really enjoyed their promo exchange this past Monday on Raw. And Becky Lynch came up with a pretty plausible explanation. I hate you, Bianca Belair, because you had these people turn on me because I... Beat you in 26 seconds. How dare I come back and have this great celebration, this great moment, being a mom, being a champion. I beat you and they resent me for it. Like finally here's something we can work with. Some beef, some meats, some potatoes I've been waiting for. And Bianca Belair is so charismatic. My second favorite baby face in all of WWE, right behind Brock Lesnar. And this, this segues into a match between Bianca Belair and Dewdrop. And listen... I am not a big fan of repeat a mania. I hate rematches, but the one to two acceptable rematches as of late has been Dewdrop and Bianca Belair, and the other is on SmackDown, which I'll get to shortly. Bianca and Dewdrop always have good matches. A great feet of strength from both ladies. drop is so good. And as Scott has mentioned in the past, she is an elevated, much better, safer Nia Jax in terms of she's got skills that can handle all the business in the ring to further stir her lines. But I want Drop to get hers too. She's too good to be a gatekeeper on Monday Night Raw, she needs to be a difference maker in this women's division post-WrestleMania. She's really good, but Vince does see value in Dewdrop, which is a very good thing to me. And of course, the highlight, per the usual, is Bianca Belair hitting power moves on dewdrop, Spine buster here, a vertical suplex there, a power bomb, and then the chef's kiss, the KOD, mm. when the fans stand up. And they're in awe and the cameras go on on their phones and she hits it and dewdrop sells it beautifully and becky lynch is freaking out on commentary becky i love on commentary because we go back and forth between the camera and the ring and i did laugh at Corey grace fanning becky giving her some water because becky sells bianca's shit so well Deep down in her soul, she's a fan. She can't mark out besides in one time on Monday Night Raw during that shoot with her between Drop, Liv Morgan, and Bianca about a month or two ago. She marked out for that as a fan, but she's a heel, but she realizes that Bianca has her number at WrestleMania. She realizes that this is not going to be a 26-second sprint based on what they did a few months ago for the championship on Raw. So I love Becky selling for Bianca via facial expressions, via commentary. And Bianca getting that win in South Carolina was very lovely to see. And here's hoping. We're now on the path to WrestleMania with Bianca Belair over as a babyface. Becky Lynch getting the appropriate heat as a heel and may this match be a show stealer for nights one or two of WrestleMania. So CJ, what are your thoughts on Becky and Bianca getting back on track and Bianca versus Dewdrop as well?
3: I think Becky... The, 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 uh, the irony of the Becky promo is that everyone was so fucking stoked to have her back. Like, and I think even... I think if they did some weird way where Becky's still a baby face after beating, I mean, she should never have beaten Bianca in 26 seconds. Like that's one of the worst booking decisions like ever, 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 in the history of booking and wrestling and human history. Um, If Becky had just come back after Bianca beat Carmella at SummerSlam, that would have been so much better. But I mean, they want, if they want Bianca to be a top baby face and maybe Becky should turn heel. And I know Becky wanted to turn heel because it's obviously more fun to be heel in WWE, um, nine times out of 10, nine and a half times out of 10, can't book a baby face to save their life. Um, so Becky saying the fans turned on her is full of shit, but I appreciate that they are writing this wrong, supposedly, unless Becky wins in 13 seconds at WrestleMania, but, I just yeah, this is this is good. I like that they're fixing it. Um I like that they're acknowledging a mistake. I think the dewdrop match was good. I if if dewdrop didn't have that name, I'd be way more into the whole dewdrop thing. Um, but she does and that sucks. But the fact that she is having these good matches, she's like the better version of Nia Jax in every single way. And I mean that's great. And Bianca like Bianca is a great baby face. I think sometimes she's like a little too happy. Like she could probably have the game face a little bit more. That's just like the tiniest knit to pick on someone who is a complete package otherwise. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be good that Bianca is essentially going to beat the um, four horsewomen over the course of her career. I'd imagine that's where this is all going. Um, she's beaten Sasha. She's going to be Becky and in big matches, mind you as well. And, um, you know, there's two more for the future, but yeah, I think this is a good step in the right direction to create a super baby face. Um, and again, just, I will never forgive WWE for beating Bianca after she was having like the greatest year ever in just 26 seconds. That helps no one.
0: Now, I'm still angry about it. They got five weeks to get it together and a better result and a Bianca Belair win at WrestleMania. If not, I'm throwing shit somewhere, somehow, some way, and then I'll talk about it here on The Wrap and I'll still be mad. So Scott, please help me avoid being angry and please agree with me as we have hope that Bianca Belair is going to right the wrong from six months ago at SummerSlam by beating Becky Lynch for this Raw Women's Championship at long last.
1: You know, I said it during our review show of elimination chamber, I don't have the confidence that Bianca Belair is going to win this match. Um, you know, I I would love to see her go back to back. I mean, that's you could you can right a lot of wrongs by having her go back to back. Beat Sasha Banks in a main event. Beat Becky Lynch in a main event. Becky Lynch says something that's very important, and you know it's going to kind of make me mad because this isn't the last. This isn't going to close out one of the nights, but. This match is between two women who have won show closing matches. The only two women in WWE history to to win show closing matches, you know, main events, they're going to face off for the title and a WrestleMania main event. That's a huge matchup. I mean, that's that's incredible when you think about it. And it's not going to close out. It's probably going to open one of the nights. If you're not going to close, you want to open. You want the hottest crowd possible. But it, I, you know. And with that being said, I don't have the faith that Bianca's going to win. I thought Alexa Bliss should have won because Bianca shouldn't be losing at WrestleMania. And I thought, you know, maybe you could have did her versus Rhea Ripley. Here, you can still give Bianca a big win, um, and Becky Lynch can beat somebody that can take the loss like Alexa Bliss. Bianca can't take this loss, man. She can't she can't lose this match to Becky Lynch again. And, you know, part of me does think WWE is smart enough, and Becky Lynch is smart enough to be like, all right, it's Bianca's time. Let's do the right thing. Let's put her over. Let's make her let's put her on my level. Let's try to get her on my level. But then again, I'm thinking, but does WWE want to pass up the opportunity to have Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey in November at Survivor Series? I mean, I know that's a long ways away, but who's to say Becky Lynch won't keep that belt all the way till then Ronda I definitely think Ronda is going to beat Charlotte so and that's the matchup I mean I don't know man I I just don't have the faith that I I I don't have the faith that WWE is going to do the right thing by Bianca and I'm not saying they're going to just start you know have her losing matches or anything but I don't think they're going to make her that face that pillar that fifth horsewoman that she really could be on that level. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope she goes back to back, but I am not, I don't have the faith right now.
0: Can I? I, Yeah. I hope you're wrong for the record in the best possible way. (laughs) No doubt.
3: I not to like, just, I think what they could do, like, this isn't me saying you're wrong or anything, Scott, because we obviously don't know, but I think, if they do Becky, if if Ronda, Ronda's going to beat Charlotte at WrestleMania, I think that's a bit of a foregone conclusion. I think Ronda could hold that title until next year's WrestleMania, and then Becky could beat her. If, like, they just do the move to SmackDown, or maybe there's gonna, only going to be one women's title by then, if, you know, we're going to condense the brand and do a um, unification match. Like, I think that could be the move. I, unless, like, is Survivor Series... Um, Ronda and Becky, is that like a thing? Or is that just like a, a prediction for you?
1: That's, that's just me, you know, kind of my prediction. Because you know how they like to do the champion versus champion thing. And oh, yeah. that would be a way for Ronda to get a win back against her without Becky Lynch losing anything, like, you know, losing a title. And that could be a way for Ronda to get a win back. And then Becky Lynch could tap her out at WrestleMania for the title. That's kind of... My long-term mm-hmm. thinking of where they're going with this, I, I still see them eventually having that one-on-one match. I mean, that's the money match—is them having yeah. one-on-one for the title. So that's kind of why yeah. I said that. But maybe they, maybe they keep them apart until next year's WrestleMania too. So that you could go the opposite way.
3: Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking. Because when 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 I read it was Charlotte and Ronda this year, I was like, oh, what? But then I realised they want to wait a year to do Becky and Ronda, which makes sense because it's in LA. That's probably going to be like the biggest WrestleMania ever, or whatever. But um yeah, I I just think you can do some stuff to keep them apart. But yeah, it's um be- Becky. I think could lose Bianca. Yeah, they can move some stuff around, I think. I don't I, I I still think this Bianca thing can work and Becky it the end game would still be Becky and Rhonda next year. Um and you can keep them apart easily. There's plenty of depth there. But That's, you know, you put doubt in my mind. I'm worried. (laughs) Now,
1: I mean, you could go the opposite way. Now, you could have Bianca beat Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch just, you know, spiral out of control. You know, she starts losing matches, you know, big time matches and whatnot. And she goes on a big losing streak for title matches. And then she kind of realizes what she was missing when she became the man the fans and then you know she cuts this passionate Mm. promo about how it was you guys that got me to where I am and I understand that now and big time Bex is gone the man Becky Lynch is back you know and she gets the fans behind her because she's got that in her she's got that great babyface promo in her she can easily do that so you could do that as well Bianca could beat her and she just goes on a downward spiral and then she comes back and cuts this you know promo maybe wins the rumble bam we could set it up that way too so you could do it the other way I just I I just you know WWE's done some funny things lately so
3: yeah and she could get the fans back with a snap of her finger that's not a concern so yeah
0: yeah, my biggest worry is the fact that if Becky wins, then you don't open up the division in terms of challengers, because all you've got left is basically Rhea Ripley and Alexa Bliss, maybe Bailey and Oscar when they come back. And that's it. And I don't want Becky Lynch to have a complete stranglehold of this division. Bianca Belair winning. You do open the door to fresher matchups we have not seen before on Monday Night Raw and premium live events. So hopefully WWE does the right thing and, oh, and Honestly speaking, when you're big time, Bex, so you do expect a pretty big fall eventually. You've cheated with a few exceptions to retain your championship at every turn and you beat Bianca in 26 seconds. You would think the full circle moment would be WrestleMania. The only two women to close a show with winning their titles They will probably open night one or night two of WrestleMania. I presume night two, as we all know, what will be the night one WrestleMania main event. And you don't want to double book that particular evening. But it better result in Bianca Belair winning. If not, I'm not going to be happy. And I just think it's going to result in just waiting very patiently for Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania. Does it need a championship at this point? I don't believe so. I think the point has been proven three years ago during their main event match at WrestleMania, but in WWE championships are highly coveted to make things feel so bigger and better and stupendous, according to them. As we segue to our final Raw topic, which which surrounds Edge, WWE Hall of Famer looking for a WrestleMania match, and he dropped some hints regarding AJ Styles, Cody Rhodes, Finn Balor. And CJ, as we wonder who would AJ face at WrestleMania as he's got paid now by WWE, could it be AJ versus Edge? Could it be Edge versus Cody Rhodes? Could it be Edge versus Finn Balor? Could it be Edge against anybody that we do not know just as of yet coming from Monday Night Raw or beyond?
3: Wrestling has only one royal family. No, I don't think it's going to be Cody Rhodes. I think it's got to be AJ. Um, because Cody, uh, I think edge and AJ is like a good, big money match. It's kind of like, in a way it's almost like, um, no, I mean, nowhere near as big, but it's kind of like an undertaker and Sean at WrestleMania 25, like just two guys in their forties who are two of the best of the last, you know, 20 years. Um, not so much of, I mean, AJ's, most of his career has been outside of WWE, but Edge has been in WWE for like, since before I was born. So, um, yeah, I think, I think AJ is the bigger match. I think Cody, he did, Edge did say the live forever thing, didn't he? In that promo. And Cody put that at the end of his ugly statement with white text and a dark background. Um <laughs> I, I don't think it's Finn as cool as that would be. I don't think that's as big a match. And I think we, we're gonna have the the, the four way tag team scramble demon Damien Priest Finn thing. So <laughs> that they, they'll be busy doing that. We um, can make
2: it a five pack challenge. Oh no.
3: <laughs> a uh, six pack challenge now. Right, you really right. call the FBI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Do we think Cody's going to be at WrestleMania at all? Yes or no?
0: Yes, but not wrestling.
3: Yes, but not wrestling as well. Okay, that's interesting. So, hopefully, showing up in a turtleneck. Um, I think, <sighs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's got to be AJ. Like, I'm super into the idea of that. And those two, I mean, would it be as good as it? Um, would it be as good as it would be in like 20? 10 or 11, say. Actually, you know, I don't know, because they're both so much, like, smarter and they would know the little stuff to do and they would, you know... I mean, Edge, both Edge and AJ did crazy shit back in their day, more so Edge with, um, with the plunder, but I just think they would have a really good professional wrestling match and they would have a match that would just be the best way of doing the WWE style, if that makes sense. And Edge, I mean at WrestleMania edge has a great track record. If you don't think about the last man standing match that happened that, well, that was long, but you know, I think it's gotta be AJ. I think it's a dream match. I think it's something that like, you never thought you'd see 10 years ago and you got to do it on the big grand stage WrestleMania. Cody, I don't know if he'd be involved in this afterwards. Um, but Edge versus Cody Rhodes, something you could do at SummerSlam, I guess, but maybe not WrestleMania. So as much as I'd love to see Cody wrestle at WrestleMania. But yeah, I, my final answer is AJ Styles.
0: All right. My final answer is AJ Styles as well. I go back to the Warrior Room 2020 when Edge returned to that amazing ovation in Houston, Texas. And AJ Styles was so excited to take a spear from Edge. Mm-hmm. He took the hardest bump possible and separated his shoulder and he felt so bad and i want this to be replayed to play into this storyline at wrestlemania because i think this could be the best pure wrestling match of the weekend from those two that can put in that work at an incredibly high level especially out of wrestlemania so scott as we narrow down the names do you sense aj being edge's prime opponent at wrestlemania in five weeks
1: Yes, but it's not who I want. I, in in my world, I would have Finn Balor be the guy to go after Edge. I, that's the match I would really want to see. And again, you need to elevate the U.S. title. I would make it for the U.S. title, man. Like Mm -hmm. the man makes the title, you know, and and it's not the other way around. You have Edge going after the U.S. title with Finn Balor. That makes the U.S. title important because you need to elevate these titles. You're going to unify the titles, so there's going to be one world title. You're not going to have. I don't see them having him Rome Roman feud with a guy on Raw and a guy on SmackDown at the same time. So he's going to be on one show or the other. Which means that IC and US title have got to be elevated. They've got to be relevant, and they've got to be held by men who make them relevant. Edge being in that mix makes it relevant and makes it important. I I just think back, and part of the reason I'm so high on this is because I just watched Cesaro's matches with Cena and thinking how Cena made that U.S. title feel important because he was the guy who held it. He was beating different opponents, wrestling great matches, Edge can do that. You know, he didn't have to wrestle every week, but he can wrestle these different guys. This is how we get Edge versus an Austin Theory. Edge versus a Ricochet. You know, matches like that. I just think that possibility could be a lot of fun, and that could be a really cool moment for Edge to win the U.S. title at WrestleMania in a match against Finn Balor. Even if you don't have the U.S. title, you could have Demon Finn Balor versus Brood Edge. There's something there, too. I Oh. I, I like Edge versus Finn Balor. They're probably going to do Edge versus AJ Styles, which I make it sound like it's this huge disappointment and I'm going to be pissed off about it. And that's But it's going to be a great match, too. But I would want the, I would want Finn Balor versus Edge.
0: There was something about Edge appearing on NXT last year during the empty arena era at the time and he was not afraid to go man to man with Finn Balor saying maybe I want your championship at Wrestlemania and they teased that match and it could be a great match and as you keep mentioning this US title desperately needs to be elevated if Roman Reigns becomes God at Wrestlemania and becomes the one and only champion that matters in terms of being the only WWE champion and not universal champion anymore and we'll see how it goes but you definitely need to elevate the US title as you second go to major title on monday night raw because i don't think roman's working mondays that often on usa we'll see but any combination works fine for me maybe it could be a triple thread match involving edge aj and finn maybe throw damien priest in there as well you need to elevate this title at wrestlemania and that would be one way to go about it as we enter the final stages of the road to wrestlemania and now i must bring pain And hell to CJ as we transition to NXT 2.0. I'm so sorry about this. I try to... Delay this as long as I can, but I can no longer do that as we must talk about the first round of the Women's Dusty Cup. And honestly speaking, it was nothing of note. We had Io Shirai and Kayla Ray teaming up against Lash Legend and Amari Miller. And I say this with all due respect to Lash Legend. She is not ready for TV. Um, 205 Live, now known as XT Level Up, is the right spot for her right now. And even then, I don't think she's ready for streaming at this point. No shade to her. Oh. I don't want people to get pushed before they're ready. I don't want to set up people for failure. Lash has the look, the charisma, the potential, but it needs to be refined via working on the road, via the coconut circuit very soon in Florida once things open up. When they ever decide to go back on the road once again, she needs more training in the ring uh, it's just sad to watch because it just exposes everything she's not good at right now. She's got potential, but my God, don't expose the greenness on TV. So we got Eo and Kayla Ray advancing to round two alongside Casey Canzoro and Kate and Carter, as Scott calls them, Casey and JoJo. They have moved on to round two all my life. I waited for them to move on to round two of very the well women's. Done. Very well Thank done. you. <laughs> Thank you very much. As they advance to round two of the Women's Dusty Cup is a beat. Ivy Now, who I love a lot, and a woman I've never seen before in life in Tatum Paxley. I don't care about her, but I loved Ivy now choking her out saying, bitch, you failed me. So we're dead as a tag team. And Roddy says, let her go Ivy. It's all right. Which was set up an inevitable match on 2.0 eventually. So Scott, as we get ready to embrace the 2022 women's dusty cup,
2: what stood out to you so far,
0: both good and bad.
2: So uh I, I I actually thought Tatum looked all right. I thought Tatum was okay out there. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's an indictment on everybody else that was in the ring, but Tatum looked all right. One thing that did stand out to me, and I don't know, you know, if this was supposed to stand out, I think Ivy and Casey are the same
1: height. Yes, which is astounding to me because Ivy has a phenomenal look and looks like she would rip you in half, and Casey. Looks like, you know, she, if she stood to the side, you could probably look right, right beside her and, you know, you might miss her. So it's, it's, it's just very, it's very odd to see those two uh, beside each other and just how different their looks are. This might have been the best match Casey and JoJo have ever had for me. Um, I don't know. You could take that as you want. I'll I'll just leave it at that. But this might have been the best match I've ever seen from them. The crowd really got into it by the end of it, which was, I don't know if that sucked me in or what, but the crowd was really into it. The 450 at the end was pretty cool. That wasn't a bad finish. Uh, This is going to be a rough tournament. Um, I wouldn't expect any match of the night contenders. I do think when we get to the finals we'll probably get a good match, but um yeah, this is a, uh, we got to get through this and then we'll uh we'll get to the final. I think the finals will be good.
0: Yes, I have much more hope during the semifinals to the finals, but the first round, Lord, it's a lot of greenness on that side of the bracket for some folks who've hardly had time on 2.0 so CJ. Upon further review, what are your first impressions of the first round of the 2022 Dusty Cup for the ladies?
3: Uh, Okay. This isn't as bad as other things. Like, I I was writing notes, and the first thing I wrote, this show makes me legit angry. Mm. Um, The Women's Dusty Cup. I do not know who a lot of these people are, and certainly some should not be on live, national television they should be on the uh coconut loop as it is colloquially known um, they should be doing they should be in like a developmental program that's actually a developmental program um not not on the same channel as raw um <laughs> look i'll say i'll say this these rookies some of them have never maybe never watched the lick of wrestling before becoming a wrestler. At least they fucking hold the tag rope. AEW people, I hope you're listening. Um, I, I just, it's just a lot of people like it's, it's hard to care when you, I've never seen them before. And, you know, this whole dusty cup is made up of a lot of like, what, how many legit tag teams are there? There's the Ravers, Casey and Kaden who like, I just, I hate music festivals. So that gimmick makes me nauseous and Indy and Persia who fuck <laughs> we'll get to them later. Um, they're an actual tag team, but everyone else is kind of makeshift. I mean, yeah, toxic attraction. Or, yeah, actually true. But are they, they're not in it though. Right. They're, they kind of, they're the final boss. If you, mm. or am I tripping? No, you're right. You're right. They, yeah. The Taylor- the Ch- um, Yeah. And like the, I don't know if we, um, yeah, the, the, the Cora Jade and Raquel zip lining or whatever it was like, how's that going to help them in the ring? Like, I know it's morale building or whatever. Like it looks like something that some corporate company would take their employees to that all the employees would hate. But like, yeah, I mean, this, I don't know, this tournament is weird. I think Cora and Raquel are going to win the whole thing. I don't know if we're doing picks yet. Um, and I, you know, I, you know what, if, if India and Persia weren't bad actors, maybe I'd want them to win, but they, I'm upset with them this week and my pick stands. So it's, yeah, a lot of, a lot of greenness in this tournament is a bit rough.
0: Yes, very, very green And hopefully that greenness kind of subsides After the first round is over I got my money kind of on Randy Chu and Dakota Kai Perhaps, I do love the cuckoo dynamic Dakota Kai needs a friend oh, And I, just, I'll i take it I'll take it
3: You could say that's a sleeper pick
0: Yes The greatest Thank pun
2: you. Thank you <laughs>
0: The greatest pun and Chad Gable reference, because let us not boo education because that is disgusting. Yeah. Very, very disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) All of my favorite favorite catchphrases hitting me at once. You got to love it on this show. One of the few things to love about NXT 2.0 this week is we transition to, my goodness, how can I describe this next person's debut? We have noted singer- songwriter rapper model assassin and wrestler apparently nikita lyons she is a multi-hyphenate in every sense of the word part-time choreographer as well the ultimate multi-hyphenate that can do it all in wwe including using her ass as a weapon that blew up twitter over the last few days or so and i just want people to grow up touch grass with the sunshine in She has a very nice physique and she uses it well to beat her opponents. And I thought this was a fine debut for Nikita Lyons. She has a lot of potential, but I felt like the match is very mechanical in nature against Kayla Inley. She's very green and green on green does not result in good matches. The record know that for a fact. So I was just... By this match, but impressed by the potential of Nikita Lyons. But for the love of, of everything that's holy and pure, let wrestling be our primary job and not a rapper, singer, songwriter, model, assassin, tech, and street fighter. Just let her be a wrestler. Let her be that one thing that she's good at and let her get over from there. So, CJ, what are your thoughts on the debut of Nikita Lyons as you want to hear that Lyons war time and time again?
3: <sighs> Look, eh, I think Nikita Lyons is the type of person who is going to go full tilt, as you saw, um, this, this, in this debut in NXT. You're right, very mechanical. Um, I... Th- <laughs> I like the attitude. It's, it's, it's hard to assess. It's hard to assess. I think they, um, I think they've got something. I don't know. I just want to, I've, I found this Instagram comment. If you will let me exp- the, the, uh, cause you said, you talked about the pin yes. ball, um, going viral. This Instagram comment is out of control. Um, it says, man, if that's what taking an L looks like, sign me up. So she's she's getting fans on the internet with the move set. But um I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's too early for me to say like they it's it's interesting what they're going to try and do because she she does all these other things as well. Like she's like a full-on uh I guess influencer would you say is the the term for the, this kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I've got an open mind for it. Um, and yeah, the, the ring gear is kind of cool. It's different. Um, it's, I just kind of, I'm, I don't know, I'm just kind of keeping watch and I mean, it's, it's, it's too early for me to judge. I'm kind of, I, I kind of want to see a with someone like Io Shirai or, um, uh like a veteran rather than someone else who i don't know but the the squash the squash matches they're easy to lay out they make sense for now but let's throw her in the deep end and see what happens and some promos maybe in the ring instead of those weird ones that they pre-taped
0: yes i love her potential very mechanical as i've mentioned And I just think that she needs to have one job in life And that's to be a professional wrestler That's one of the flaws in NXT 2.0 Everybody has to have a side hustle And wrestling in the ring is not your primary main hustle And if they just let her wrestle and be herself Then she does have potential to get over as a star She's got something And a lot of people on this show does not have that Von Wagner But she's got something Mm -hmm. And that is important So Scott, what are your thoughts on the multi-hyphenate debut of Nikita Lyons who might have more jobs than Tyler Perry. That
2: was pretty good. Um, I, I thought she was I, man, I, I thought she was great. I thought the debut was, was really good. I thought she had a great presence to
1: her and she really commanded the screen. I, I, th- I thought she looked good. I mean, there were some moments out there you could definitely tell were a little iffy, but for the most part, I thought for a debut that was solid. I mean, you can spice that up, especially on a highlight package, and make that look fantastic. Um, so I, her look, I mean, she she's just she's stacked, like you know. And, and I agree with you, uh, Keela. People got to get over that. She just stacked, like, and you just that she just built different. You know, some women just built like that, and she is, and she. And it, it, she's not even it wasn't even like she was wearing anything overly sexual. Any, it was just a regular outfit that I I mean, I've seen we've seen plenty of women on the show wear way less clothing than that. So, you know, that I think that's people are way over blowing that out of proportion. Um, she's way more than her assets. I, I think she brings way more to the table than that. I just did a quick Wikipedia search on her. She's 22. She's a legit black belt since eight years old. And she's been wrestling since 2018. So, like, since she was, like, 18. So, she... she, I, I think there's something with her. I think she could be somebody who could kind of get the jetpack and we may not see on 2.0 very long. I, I think there's a presence to her that could really, and obviously she has things that the boss really likes to see too, but I think she has something to her where she could be something, man. The, 2.0 has done a good job of just finding some of these talents who maybe they're not, maybe they're not all going to be stars, but they can all contribute on the main roster. And I think she's another one like that, especially as young as she is at 22.
0: Yeah, I was startled by her age as well. And that really speaks to her potential to get better at this as she gains more experience. She's black belt. That's very encouraging. And Scott, I caught the pun. Very clever, very sly, very slick. (laughs) And I respect that. For those listeners out there, I want to allude to it, but it was very good. And we're body positive here. She is very lovely to look at, a beautiful physique and guys to get over it. I prefer that being in your truth as to who you are versus a camera zooming in every five seconds, telling you to pose, pose, pose. Nikita Lyons is a goddamn model. She knows her angles perfectly and she knows how to use them accordingly as well. So I really want the best for her. As a performer, preferably as a wrestler, not a rapper, even though, and I'll make this joke every week, she's better than Ollie J.
2: Now. (laughs) Hey, you you won't get no argument out of me, but she is not good. Let me, let me just throw, (laughs) let me, let me make sure I follow that up with that. She is not good. And that was one of the worst rap segments I have ever heard in my life. I just want to throw that out there too. Don't ever do that again. (laughs) <laughs> still
0: better than only jay i that's, want to see true. that for the record it's true it's a low bar but it's a bar nonetheless that she, was clear she
2: limboed that
0: she sure she sure did she limbo she limboed right under the bar but okay so now we've got the giggles out of the way because cj i'm, I'm afraid is about to have um A moment with us on this show. He's about to light him up. He's about to light him up. Light up a whole pack for NXT 2.0. He's about (laughs) to. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to say one sentence. And I'm going to let CJ go because he's got a lot to say about this Australian triangle from hell involving Duke Hudson, Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell. So backstage, Persia wanted to con- wanted to congratulate Duke Hudson for beating Dante <laughs> Chen And he <laughs> put her in for a lip lock that put John Cena to shame and said, this is how it's done John I know how to Mac I know how to get my woman and then he proceeds to openly flirt with Andy Hartwell telling her hey you used to like it we can do it again fuck your vows fuck your marriage fuck me basically so
2: (laughs) (laughs) that is what he said though essentially (laughs) that's what he
0: said on this show in the very R-rated version of this show. That's what he meant to say on 2.0. So Dexter's standing there like a stalker cult, just saying, how dare my wife
3: entertain
0: this man's advances. And he looks so sad and he walks away like a little pathetic puppy. And he says, Dexter, no, it's not what it looks like. And <laughs> Dexter is now a cult, apparently. And... Duke Hudson is a professional homewrecker, a professional hoe in my estimation. So CJ, please, by all means, you take the floor on this and you give me your thoughts on your Australian brother and sisters having this love triangle from hell, please.
3: My head is on my desk. (laughs) This is my Joker origin story. Um, They are no brothers or sisters of mine. I can say that. I... And even if we were related, I would fill out whatever paperwork necessary for that not to be so anymore. I fucking hated this so much, and I like all three. I like everyone involved. Um, not so much Cuckster Loomis that um, lately, but like I just uh, the, the bad the bad acting, like just oh dexter congratulations on your win then he just grabs this woman without uh, without asking and then just puts one on her face. like i just this doesn't make me want to fucking see anyone wrestle it is a wrestling promotion you promote wrestling matches you build things up i don't give a shit who is doing what with who backstage like in this capacity like it's just fucking awful. Like, I feel bad for these people. Like not, to, And I sympathize with them extra, um, like, more so because they are um, Australian. And, like, I know, I mean, not that I'm, like, a wrestler or anything like that. But, like, when, you know, I'm close to uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia's age, kind of. Like, when us in that age group growing up, like, there was no Australian wrestlers on WWE TV, like, at all. Um, And just seeing them and like doing this awful stuff, like when they could just be wrestling and getting over, they're put in these like segments where the acting is so bad. It's like the worst porn acting you've ever seen in your life. I was saying to Keela off mic, like I, if, if, if I was watching this segment and someone walked into like my room, I'd shut my laptop and be like, I swear it's not what it looks like. It's just so bad. And then like, Oh, just Dex, Dexter as well. Like the one time I actually wouldn't mind him doing his thing, which I've never been into in my whole life. He's just like, oh, like just doesn't. Oh, <laughs> like it's so. Oh my! It's just the pause before the kiss as well is just so weird. I could not imagine how uncomfortable these people would feel. I don't think they're seeing each other in real life, and they are. Oh. It just it doesn't make me want to see a match. It's really bad. Like Dexter. Looks so feckless. Like, what is, does he not have, like, a knife on each ankle? Like, what is going on? Like, a serial killer would kill um, Duke right there. Right there. He would murder Duke. They could have done it off camera and left it as a cliffhanger. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just that would have been better than just him moping and walking away. Like, what happened to you, dude? You used to be, like, you used to literally kidnap people. Didn't he kidnap Roderick Roderick Strong last year? Yes. Like, there would be better acting in German fecal adult films. I can tell you that right now. And I didn't want to go that far, but I have to because this has made me so upset watching this that three – like, I, I watched I, – not to brag, I watched a local show and I saw Persia Parada, who was Steph Delanger at the time. I'm like, man, like, she's got so much star power. She's going to be signed in the next two years. She was signed in a few months. And I was like, here we go. And she's in like this cheap, cheesy, sleazy romance angle. I just, I was just ready to fight at that point. I don't know who, but I was so angry. I was so upset. It's just, this show is just taking a turn for the worst. This like I, I said to Keo, like character development, I can understand like a passing glance backstage between people who wouldn't otherwise be interacting. We're not making out. I'm sorry, we're not. It doesn't work. This isn't. This isn't Randy and Elizabeth. You know, this is just the way these people come across as like juvenile. Ugh, fuck. Someone please take over. I can't.
0: We've broken CJ, ladies and gentlemen I'm so sorry about that As this segment has really torn him up So Scott, what are your thoughts On all of this regarding When browsers go wrong Regarding NXT XT 2.0's love angles
3: Browsers rejects, fuck
2: I ain't got nothing I, I, hey, I, I ain't got nothing to add to that. Let me tell you something. This is absolutely horrible. Everything that Rivervale, what they're doing with 2.0 with the Rivervale stuff, that's stuff for the birds. Let that stuff go. Um, yeah, I got nothing else
1: to add to that. I, I was actually hoping CJ had another five-minute rant in him because uh, it deserved it.
3: Oh, I've got one, but it's just going to go just – uh
1: let them have it because they, they deserve that like because you i agree with you i think per i think persia's got something i think indy's got something i think she's got a great baby face in her because she she has she she could definitely make you sympathize with her with her facial she's got great facials oh, i think she's got a beautiful springboard elbow drop like there's something there and there's i even think duke has something like he's got a nice look but there's they're stuck doing this stupid gimmick and you know they like it, they're, they're diminishing Dexter. They've built him up as a killer. Like he had a, he had a knife at his wedding, but he don't have one now. Like, come on, man. Like he's supposed to be like, and like you said, CJ, he don't have one in his, in his boot. And if he don't have one in his boot, he don't have like a pocket knife. You know what I mean? He, he don't have like some, some chloroform to make him go to sleep or something like it. It's ridiculous. So yeah, this whole thing for the birds.
3: How yeah. does he not just throw hands? R- like, right. If, if on something else. Like, if if that if I was sitting there talking to someone and Bruce Pritchard walked up, I would not react how Loomis reacted. I can tell you that. I would, I just, I'd go like, let's go, Bruce, because I it's and it's I can't stress enough how this is not any of their fault. I don't think any of them would think, oh, let's do a freaking love quadrangle or whatever the hell. Like, it's just. I just feel bad and it makes me upset because it's like, I don't know. I just, in, Indy's got the baby face potential and Persia's, you know, that's pretty much a sure thing. And even Duke, like he's a super tall dude. He's a good looking guy and he's just like, he can be this sort of character, but not so explicitly right in front of me. Like I hate watching people kiss like that. It's fucking gross like and i get like people kiss each other it's a thing that was rank as shit and i just like what 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 is the point of this like what, what what's the what's the end game for this whole thing is it to? is it for a match like i don't know like just i don't think you need to go this far and put them out there so vulnerable acting wise like it just You know that that, the the bad acting is not going to get this over
0: (sighs) we have exercised our demons from this segment and i've spoken my piece time and time again regarding these love angles on nxt 2.0 I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. And I feel bad for everybody that's involved because it's not a good storyline. It's pretty tacky and bad. And the acting is horrible because wrestlers are not actors by trade. They're not thespians. Some do become great promos and performers, but this isn't it for 2.0. And we're going to leave this and go to a happier place, which was the main event of NXT 2.0. Easily the best thing from Tuesday's show involving Tomasa Ciampa and a man that I I have a hard time connecting with most weeks, Dolph Ziggler, but NXT Dolph Ziggler is so much better than main roster Dolph Ziggler. It's incredible. It's night and day. He's looser on the mic. He's great in the ring and the people really see him as a big star. And he shades Florida every time he's there saying, listen when i got through these doors i was the biggest star in this building and braun you're big time in orlando but you're not gonna be big time besides this space when you come into my world it's a completely different story and i thought that ziggler was great on the mic on this show and ex- an exceptional during this main event match against champa which was easily the highlight of tuesday's nxt 2.0 so scott who do you prefer more NXT Ziggler, or main roster, boring-ass, dry, generic Ziggler for the last five years. This is, uh, this is classic
1: Dolph right here. This was veteran Dolph coming down, being treated like a star, and realizing that and utilizing it and really emphasizing the point that and like you said like you're big here i'm big you know people know me everywhere so the match was fantastic though i i thought this was one of ziggler's best matches in a while uh, probably since back um back when he was going against Rollins for the IC title when he was teaming with Drew McIntyre. It's probably been that long since he's had a match this good. Uh, I talked about it last week or the week before when Ziggler first showed up in NXT. I'd like to see Bobby Roode come down here. And lo and behold, we got Bobby Roode. Obviously, we're not going to get full-on glorious quite yet, but it's nice to see Bobby Roode back. I think this will be a really good tag team match between the Dirty Dogs and them. Um, I, I like the veterans coming down if you're not going to do anything with them on the main roster mixing it up with some of the nxt guys this is going to be great for braun breaker to get to work with champa ziggler rude all experienced veterans but all who bring something different to the table all who work a different style and have a different type of feel to him he's going to do nothing but soak all of this up and it's so smart of them to have him paired up like that. I This is not by accident, all these people working with him. So we could potentially be getting at WrestleMania weekend uh, for that NXT show, Ziggler, Ziggler versus Braun for the NXT title, Champa versus Bobby Roode, which could would be a great match too. I don't know if Rude's planning on being there that long, but I think those are two fantastic matches you would have right there. Um, I mean, for NXT show, I don't think they're going to do a stadium. I think that's more than enough to sell out a a show the size of what they've been doing on going on the road. So I'm excited about the prospects of that. I'm really enjoying Ziggler on NXT. This is, this is great. And I think Braun Breaker is going to come out of working with all three of them so much better.
0: Yes, he'll be a complete performer when it's all said and done. And I love the Robert Roode cameo. I'm still praying for Glorious. I don't know how much CFOs wants for the rights to the track to play that song on TV. We'll see. But CJ, after going through, we went through with all of that love angle shit. How do you feel about this main event involving Dolph Ziggler and Tomasa Ciampa to wrap up in NXT 2.0? Oh,
3: it's good. A wild professional wrestling match appeared. That's always fun having one of those show up on a fucking wrestling show. Um, I just want to say this. If you closed your eyes and you heard both Dolph Ziggler and Neil Patrick Harris speak, would you be able to tell the difference?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think
3: I could. Their voices are so weirdly like the same. Anyway, this match was sick. Um, I'm keen for the tag team match. The Dirty Dogs are like one of the best tag teams in the whole wwe but because vince doesn't think tag teams can be main event uh acts that he doesn't promote them as such um so i think it's good they're in nxt they look like superstars because everyone knows them they're actual wrestlers and they're you know they are stars to this audience um did we mention champ has dyed beard
0: no we have not
3: so he's dyed his beard and if anyone here watches peacemaker we can call him Dyebeard, like Johnny Economist. But, yeah, I like this. Ziggler, the, you're right, the last good singles thing was the Rollins stuff, even though the uh, I think it was the Pittsburgh crowd just took a shit all over their match in at Extreme Rules. Um, this was good. Bron Breaker, who still has the worst name in NXT, is going to very much benefit from these guys coming down. Um is it Dirty Dogs and Champer and Breaker? That's what they've set up, right? Yes. Yeah, that's sick. Just that that um I just wanna call him Steiner so bad to say Steiner hot tag, but that I just think about that and he's gonna just throw those dudes around and just look like a million dollars. Um I love the match though, the Champa Ziggler. It's just it was like a a, a glimpse into the NXT of yesteryear, if you will. Um, it's just, I, I do really like Dolph Ziggler though. Like he's, every time I see him in something like this, I'm like, oh this is why I love this guy. And I kind of wish things were different for him. And Champa's is just always great. And you know, it looks like he was going to the main roster. I don't know if he is. I kind of hope he doesn't. Cause I feel like he's, still the captain of this ship in a way, even though Bron, Bron breaker with two K's is um, the champ right now. So yeah, I did really love this and the show ended resembling a wrestling show, which is good.
0: Yes, love the selling for Ciampa as well. I really thought he dislocated his shoulder, but it was a great sell by him, and that just adds a level of psychology to a match. That is a rarity on 2.0 these days, but sorely needed, and Ziggler and Champa brought it when it counted most, and Ziggler has been great in this role thus far, and it would benefit Braun Breaker greatly heading into WrestleMania weekend for XC sent and Deliver, presumably from Dallas, Texas, at the American Airlines Center. As we now segue to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and speaking of WrestleMania, and tag teams and dream matches i was a little surprised by this announcement by naomi when she says that sasha banks and herself are going to be the next smackdown or shall i say women's tag team champion champions i Initially thought that Naomi was going to challenge Sasha to a match at WrestleMania. I thought she was going to point out the sign like, okay, this is fresh. This is new. This is interesting. And I know that some people were kind of down on this particular partnership, but I'm of two school of thoughts here. One. Sasha Banks might not be 100 percent from that knee sprain earlier this year, and she might be a bit more comfortable working shorter matches and working in a tag too with Naomi, who's really hot right now as a face and a It's all clicking for her right now. And you want to strike while the iron's hot. Uh, Number two, the women's tag team division is non-existent. We have a grand total of one team who happens to be the women's tag team champions in Carmella and Queen Zelina Vega. That's it. And that's on WWE. You've got this division so badly that you have to scrape teams together in time for WrestleMania. And you heard this also response from the fans because they don't view these titles very seriously and now it's up to WWE to rebuild these titles and this division with five weeks to go into WrestleMania. Some of those two mindsets, at least they're on the card for WrestleMania. It's not going to be a thrown together, cheap-ass battle royal with a Dollar Tree trophy on the line, at least, or something tangible to build up these titles. But at the exact same time, I really wanted Naomi and Sasha Banks in a match against each other. I thought that's where we were going because the announcer touted Sasha's resume. Six-time women's champion, two-time tag team women's champion, la-da-da-da-da, like... Okay, we're running down our resumes, so why are we doing this? Is alluding to a heel turn? I don't know. And that's the third option. Could it be Sasha and Naomi feuding against each other during the summer? I like all those options, but I do think in my heart of hearts that Sasha is not 100% from that e- from that knee injury that might explain why she's in a tag team with Naomi heading into WrestleMania. So, CJ, what are your thoughts on all of this going down on SmackDown this past Friday regarding the reunion of Team Bad minus Tamina and with all due respect to Tamina, who I love very much thank god for that in some ways
3: yes she's not missed. um no offense of course to her personally uh i i as much as it kind of is like a step back for Sasha i think this is great for Naomi who is like has been ready to be like in the in the um in the main picture here um i do kind of smell that this is Going to be just a team to put together to break up down the line to start a feud, which is annoying because it happens all the time. Um, but I think it's good because, you know, when it's Carmella and Selena and they're doing nothing, you kind of forget that there are women's tag titles. Um, I think these two, uh, Sasha and Naomi, could be a great tag team, um, babyface tag team. And just kind of go from brand to brand and have good matches. Um, so if, if this is why they should never have made NXT women's tag titles because bringing those two into NXT for a, um, especially now for a tag match with like the younger um, wrestlers would just be great for that for their development. But they just had to add more belts, which is frustrating. But I think this is a good thing. Uh, and and it's, it makes sense as well because, you know, you've got Charlotte and Ronda and you've got Becky and Bianca and Bailey's out. So it makes sense that um, they're using Sasha well to kind of bring the tag title. Cause I'm assuming they win. It'd be ludicrous for them to lose. Um, to, it'd be good to bring the belts back up to a better place essentially than being backstage for the toga party or whatever the fuck. So, That's kind of how I feel about it. And Tamina's, whatever she's doing, um, doesn't need to be involved because this is a completely different thing now than what Team Bad was back in 2016.
0: Absolutely. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the reunion of Team Bad heading into WrestleMania's night one or two? I think it's awful. I'm not here for this at all.
1: Um, I, I don't know what this does for Sasha Banks. I, you know, I get Naomi's been on a hot streak and, you know, I'm I'm here for my sister. You know, she got her reparations and stuff. And I've been I've been calling for that all month. But God dang. I mean, we we don't need to bring Sasha Banks down, though. Like, give me Sasha Banks, Trish Stratus. Like, do, do we need something for her to do? Now, Keila? if you're right, if it's a knee injury and she needs someone to work with and they're trying to protect her. All right, I get it. And this will lead to a match down the road. But I'm really hoping that, you know, this is not a a tag team, that this is really a kind of, you know, she thinks they're a tag team. And then like next week, Sasha just destroys her and we get that one on one match. I'd be more inclined for that than for them to tag because I don't think that does anything for either one of them. It doesn't elevate anybody. I know I, I, you know, I speak about the people making the titles and those ladies would make the titles, but who are they making the titles for you know what i mean it's completely different when you're holding this a singles title because you're elevating an entire division there's no division there you know there's there's nobody to elevate so i i i'm not for this at all i think this is a complete waste of sasha banks time and I, I mean, you. she's one of the biggest stars On your entire roster And I just think there are Better options for her than to be teaming With Naomi and going into Wrestlemania
0: I agree, but it's better than the pre-show
1: Yes, yes better, It's
0: better than starting at 5.30 with nobody there It's better than fighting for a trophy That looks like fallopian tubes That would be forgotten about in a day oh. or two <laughs> I'm just saying. This is all true. they fought for. This is all true. During those pre-show pre-shows of Wrestlemania's past but I just go back to the Warrior Rumble and the time that Sasha Banks spent in that match and it wasn't very long and I just think that knee is not 100% because as the rumor suggested she wasn't supposed to be back until around March-ish heading into maybe the last couple of weeks of Mania and maybe it's good enough to do tags right now which is fine and I don't know the status of Bailey or Trish Stratus and she just got to wrapping a movie. Maybe she'll be there in time for WrestleMania season to be there with Lita to have some kind of great four-way tag team match throwing the Bellas Carmella and Zelina I suppose and you have team bestie and you got team bad that could work for me in some way if Sasha is not hundred percent but I swear when Naomi got in the ring I thought oh hell it's gonna be Naomi and and Sasha and WrestleMania against each other, not teaming together. But I'll take this over a pre-show match at 530 Eastern any day of the week. As we segue to another crazy, insane match possibly happening at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm involving brand new Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn and Jack, and Jackass's own Johnny Knoxville. And Johnny Knoxville is over with the people. Everywhere he goes, he gets cheered massively and he's a trooper through it all. He takes his lumps, he takes his hits and he encourages people to hit him harder because Sammy went very, 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 very light on that Huluva kick part one. And Johnny basically told him, You kick like a bitch, do it again. And Sammy did it again, and he nailed him flush in the face. And I am supposing and presuming that this is gonna lead to a match at WrestleMania between Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. For the Intercontinental Championship. I know some fans feel eh, about it, but listen, I am not going to argue against fans that buy a ticket to these shows for SmackDown every Friday night that love Johnny Knoxville. This man is over. He gets Johnny Chance. So he had a great moment at the Warrior Rumble. I'm worried about his health, for God's sakes, but he encourages people to hit him as hard as possible. He's no bitch, according to him. He's going to take it, <laughs> he's going to sell, he's going to make his moment one way or the other and he's very giving in that role and he's very respectful of the business and i think people respect somebody like a bad bunny like a johnny knoxville that walks through those doors and is able to just give back and be humble and classy about it so scott with all of that into consideration do you buy or sell sammy Zayn versus johnny knoxville I see title at wrestlemania's night warner 2 oh
2: man i um it's,
1: it's, I don't want to see it, but like you said, Keila, it's hard to argue against fans' reaction like that. And you know, we can be upset about it all we want. Well, let me rephrase: I can be upset about it all I want, but <laughs> you know the 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 people, the people have spoken, and they love this guy. Um, to me, this comes off like David Arquette, but. I you know I know it's not the world title but it's still a title and it's still he's not going to be able to defend it he can't have a match I'm really hoping that he's going to anoint somebody to wrestle for him um, I, I I think that would be a good way to go. I'm hoping maybe this Ricochet thing maybe Lee's there. Um, Ricochet would be a nice little substitute for him. Be a, you can have Ricochet on the card. You know, think about that. Ricochet getting a, a spotlight on a WrestleMania card. But I I don't want to see it. But again,
0: I can't argue with the fans' reaction to it me either and it's hard for me to even say this sucks but at the same time these fans love it so therefore I got to respect And even if I wasn't bitching on twitter I love Johnny Knoxville morphing into Timothy Oliphant more and more every time I see him with the gray hair and being incredibly humble in this role and over as a baby face. And Sami Zayn is exceptional as a heel. And I love the suit game. That suit was the same suit Sami wore in the Thunderdome last year when he gave us dancing Sami Zayn, the gift of all gifts. So CJ, do you buy or sell Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship?
3: I sell for one reason and I've actually, I, okay, I've got, I've got an idea to lay out after this, but so just bear with me. I, the sell thing, I, I heard that Johnny Knoxville had a brain hemorrhage recently and I know Sami Zayn is a pro and will look after Johnny as much as Johnny wants to get his ass out. kicked. Um, that's just scary that he's had so many, and he's had all these concussions and done, you know, God knows what else with um Jackass. So I'm kind of a bit dubious about him actually being in the ring, but I actually have a better idea for Johnny Knoxville if you'll indulge me here. So let's say um, Johnny Knoxville comes to the ring and he's wearing like a, like a, like, like Sammy's in the ring in his gear. And Johnny comes to the ring and he's wearing like a suit and like a, this like fancy turtleneck and stuff like that. And he's like, and he cuts promo and he's like, oh, Sammy, you know, I, uh, you didn't think you were going to wrestle me, were you? And then he pulls down the turtleneck and reveals an American nightmare tattoo. <laughs> and, and then you hear over the PA, wrestling has only one royal family. And then Cody's music hits, Cody Rhodes comes out and Sammy wrestles Cody Rhodes instead. And then Cody wins the IC title. And I've just made you so much money. So I think that's actually what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. That's a very bold prediction. I got bigger I, plans. No, I, I
3: don't actually think that. That was a joke. But <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I, the, the back to the brain hemorrhage thing. That scares me. And it's, it's weird that he's cleared to wrestle Given that injury history, I don't know how that works.
0: Me either. I don't know what um somebody's doing to Pittsburgh. Doctor Maroon, what's up? Because I just want to know how he passes all concussion protocols and say, "Hey, Johnny, you're good." I am safety first. I really hope that he knows well, what he's doing out there. But my God, that is terrifying.
3: May, maybe it's the same doctor that helped CM Punk's staph infection. So it's like it makes sense. <laughs>
0: It's possible. He still works for WWE as head of medical, and we'll see how he goes. But yeah, it's scary, but. Johnny Knoxville he's a brave one he was hoping he's smart when it comes to whatever is planned for him at Wrestlemania presumably against Sami Zayn involving that IC title now it's time for the closing segment of Smackdown featuring the biggest Wrestlemania contract signing in history according to WWE for the biggest Wrestlemania main event ever involving Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the unified championships between the WWE and Universal title and all I thought about was Malcolm Bill. Biff- on Twitter ready to unify I want to unify these belts I want to have these belts united as one and I've got to shout out Roman Reigns Brock's always great but Roman fucking Reigns cut quite possibly the greatest promo of his career in a minute as he said this is my ring this is my show and I got to laugh at Paul Heyman saying the tribal chiefs ring just Co-signing, echoing Roman Reigns was everything. (laughs) Travel Chief's ring. This is my cameraman. These are my announcers. They work for me. They talk about me. That sign, that's my sign because this WrestleMania is mine. It belongs to me. Roman Reigns must have watched Training Day the night before SmackDown. Watched that last scene with Denzel and he went the fuck off and I loved it. The best one minute I've seen of him on the mic of all time and then he says the security they work for me too and brock says well fuck that i told these skin marks i'm gonna beat their asses so he grabs the table whoops ass there's one dude squaring up to face brock (laughs) lester and brock grabs the office chair and chucks it in his goddamn face it's great F5s, we got German suplexes. It's a great finer cell, and I want to let people know this is not 2015 Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania 31. This is in WrestleMania 34 New Orleans Brock versus Lesnar part t- Brock versus Roman part two. This is not SummerSlam 2018. These are two different stars on two completely universes and levels as stars right now. They're not playing tug of war over a championship. They are dead at as serious as stars in this role, moving tickets for WWE on a regular basis. Day one was sold because of them. I lost a SmackDown taping in Atlanta for a day one because it wasn't selling, but day one did because of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. They're going to sell the house at WrestleMania. I don't know by how much because they're main eventing night two, but they're going to move tickets This is the biggest match possible. As always, the pushback is, what do you do after this? I have an answer. When Roman becomes God and he wins all the championships, then you cue, there's only one warrior family in wrestling. Cody comes out and says, I'm the goddamn bloodline. That would be the way to end WrestleMania on that note. So all of that aside, I love the closing and I love what's going to happen in WrestleMania. CJ. Thoughts on this closing segment of SmackDown involving Roman Reigns who activated God mode against Brock Lesnar.
3: He really did. He just went out there. He motherfucked everyone. It was just like, I thought I was watching it and I was like, and I watched it a couple of times and I was just like, man, look at him go. Like I think about how he just struggled mightily to get over six, seven years ago. And it's like, he is now, in his, like this is like we are in real time watching like someone who will go down as one of the greats, like be, fully become like the in their God mode. Like this is his, we're watching the ascent we've watched it in real time. And as each day of this massive tidal rain piles on, it's like, this is probably going to be talked about with one of, with all the record breaking history, making rains. It's like, you know, like bells don't mean as much as they used to, but this is just like I mean, Brock was great, but Roman absolutely stole this whole segment. Like he was incredible. And he's always good, but this is he just decided, fuck this, I'm gonna take this segment and it's gonna be mine and yeah, it was just I loved it so much. And Brock beating up all the security and the guy putting his dukes up and just getting killed was hilarious. But yeah, Roman is just he's that guy right now. And you know, the, it, it's, I, you know, the Cody thing you laid out is great. Um, uh, turtleneck or not, but like, the thing is, is like Roman is on such a, a, high tier that like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's even just a mismatch, like, just cause Cody, like how he's kind of, um, been presented and to his own, like he kind of his own fault, like in AEW, but, it's still, I do really like that idea of Cody and Roman, but like Cody Rose isn't going to beat Roman Reigns. Like that's just not going to happen. It's just a good dream match, but yeah, it's just this Roman thing since what, since he came back with the new teeth, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's just been so good. It's like, it's like, I mean, it, this happened before I was born, but when the rock became the rock kind of, um, you know, and that's, I guess that'll kind of come full circle next year. Hopefully if, um, the rock is able to wrestle, but this was, this is amazing. I, I love Roman Reigns. He's like my favorite thing on the show. And there was, I'm so glad him and Paul are back together because they're just, that is just a beautiful pairing. And Brock as has shown, as we mentioned at the start of this, this wonderful program, um, doesn't need Paul really.
0: No, he's fine just by himself. And shout out to Pat McAfee as a great supporting background player. When <laughs> Roman called him out, he pointed out talking about us? Me? Then he pointed out the WrestleMania sign, Pat fucking McAfee, the dude, the man, the everything.
3: Uh, Scott. I, <laughs> Go ahead, I just gonna, sorry, just quickly, like I remember once Roman was um just cutting his promo. And he kind of like he, he said something and he laughed to himself and Pat's just like ha <laughs> like just this fake laugh just to suck up to Roman and Roman's not even gonna hear it. Just little things like that, Pat does. But yeah, go ahead.
0: Yes. Pat is the best. So Scott, what are your thoughts on the closing segment of SmackDown as we are about to witness the ascension of Roman Reigns, preferably with the choir at WrestleMania and a full orchestra for that matter, to really complete the ascent of God status, Roman Reigns. I think this
1: promo pretty much solidified Roman as the best champion in all of wrestling. I um I don't really think there should be any argument about it anymore. I didn't really think there was an argument beforehand, but I mean, who who in wrestling is doing what he's doing at the highest level? And it and it's nobody. Um, you know, obviously it's you know, the machine is definitely behind him, but you still got to produce you still got to do your thing you still got to hold your end of the of the the bargain and when you're cutting promos like this and, and people are talking about it as one of the best in your career and we've been saying that this is—you've been doing some of the best work of your career over the last two years, which has pretty much been all character. I mean, the in-ring work has always been there. I think—I—I—I I, I think people who said he couldn't wrestle just weren't watching and just didn't like him. Um, the in-ring work has always been there, but his character work has just been phenomenal, and for people to say that this, this was that pinnacle. You know, CJ's talking about this is, you know, the moment when he's he's sitting back and he's thinking like, man, he's he's becoming God mode Roman Reigns. He's going from shield Roman Reigns to God mode Roman Reigns. Um, I mean, the progression we've seen over the last couple years, he's been tribal chief, head of the table, now he's God mode. Like, there's been a progression here and it's it's been a natural progression. I, you know, it's we are getting to the point where it is who, who beats Roman Reigns. And, you know, the goal obviously has to be L.A. for The Rock to come back. And we have to have that big match. Man, I'm going to tell you what. In two years when Braun Breaker beats Roman Reigns, ending his four-year title reign at WrestleMania 39 or, or WrestleMania 40, No, that's going to be something, you know, we, we laugh about it, but that could realistically be a possibility. We, I mean, we talk about, because if there's no reason for Roman Reigns to lose the title and nobody's ready, then there's no reason for him to lose the title because what we have here is lightning in a bottle and you just, you run with the hot hand. And let me tell you something, nobody's hotter right now than Roman Reigns. He's
0: perfection in every sense of the word, and it's gonna be great. WrestleMania, y'all, it's different. It's not seven years ago, it's not four years ago, it's different. These guys are different. And I know the match has happened a lot and it's been stale sometimes. WrestleMania 31 was not a stale match. It was just the dynamics of the mm. big heels and faces was a bit messy, but they brought it intensity wise. That was their best match seven years ago, but they're going to bring it big time. And I just think for the first time as fans who are so locked in on social media, if you are a WWE fan and you are enjoying this road to WrestleMania, despite some predictable aspects of it, turn off your phone. Don't let people rob your joy. If you enjoyed this ride, it's actually good on paper. Will it be good in reality? We'll see in five weeks. But for what they've done to make this match as big as possible, I think WWE is in a great job and Brock and Roman deserve a shitload of credit for being their best selves for this storyline. And we wrap things up with our favorite segment on this show, our guilty pleasure and avoid at all costs. The thing we should avoid the one thing we hate to love, but love it nonetheless. So CJ, what's your best and worst from WWE this week?
3: Hmm, I wonder what my worst could be. I couldn't really think of anything this week that I fucking hated. Oh wait, <laughs> probably the NXT 2.0 school for acting. Um, defund that school. Cause that, shit sucks and I've, i don't need to give that any more time my guilty pleasure was naomi's entrance and pat mcafee who i wouldn't say is a very good dancer but the effort was there him and naomi were getting down um dancing and that was great that was just a nice little thing um more i kind of just I got a kick out of that because Pat is just great and I've always been a fan of Naomi, so um that was my guilty pleasure of the week, even though it was short.
0: It was short but great. Pat McAfee is a national treasure. So Scott, what are your guilty pleasures and that one thing we should avoid at all costs for this week? I
1: I can't believe I'm uh I can't believe I'm saying this. My uh, my guilty pleasure this week. <laughs> is uh is Brooks and Dunn, and I say that because <laughs> I say that because the segments were, I was I was hating them all the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, I got my I got my avoid at all costs. Brooks and Dunn, they did it again. They they got that all that long dirt road and they're on it by themselves again. But no, I believe I have found a winner, and that last segment. Where Briggs said, "Yeah, I know, but I just did it because I thought this was funny." He just this whole thing was just him pranking Jensen because he's an idiot. You know what? And makes it all worth it. So I, 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 I got a kick out of that, and I find myself laughing. Yeah, I know Brooks and Dunn. They did it for me. I, I believe this week they got me. Um, as far as what to avoid. I know this is going to release on the final day of Black History Month but uh we can avoid Byron Saxon for the cuz he god dang man he is awful on commentary. I like he, yeah. he is insufferable on commentary. Just avoid that guy with with anything you can like I don't know if there's a way you can just like specifically mute him and just like when he's supposed to be talking it's just nothing and everybody else is just talking around him if you could do that that would be great but yeah he's awful and then Natalia too she can go to i i just don't want to see Natalia on my screen anymore either so those are my avoid at all costs
0: damn my guilty pleasure this week goes to none other than Malcolm Bivens because only oh. on 2.0 on American television can he say Uchiwali or one mic to Gunther. I laughed my ass off so hard at that line. And I love Gunther's new nickname, Gunner. Like, why could not he not be Gunner? Like, that is so much better than Gunther. So Malcolm Bivens squeezing an Uchiwali, Or are you one Mike Walter? I love that so much. So Malcolm Bivens, goated as my guilty pleasure. As for my avoid at all costs, Brooks and Dunn. I'm sorry, Scott. This was just terrible. This FarmersOnly.com advertisement was just bad. And I have to give Briggs credit. He's trying here as a straight man, cracking jokes, trying to get his guy a date. But it's not. It's just not working. And, And we already have the fix of Fallon Henley being the girl for Dumbass Done. He won't see it for at least six months. But this is my hell as they try to redo Schitt's Creek via Cafe Tropical on NXT 2.0. God help me.
2: Briggs was pretty good. I actually thought Briggs was pretty good during these segments.
0: Yes. He was the one shining light of a guy that could act and he's married. So at least he knows how to Mac and get a woman. Unlike Brooks Jensen here from representing Brooks and Dunn. Listen. If they don't lock down a deal with Tinder or Plenty of Fish, I don't know what to say. But
3: with that, <laughs> I, sorry, I need to. Um, I need to just propose this real quick. We talked. We just talked about Roman and who could be him. Gunner. Mm. Gunther. And look, this is this would make no sense, but it would be so good that I wouldn't care if. I'm not calling him, I'm calling him Walter. If Walter showed up on SmackDown, like on the on those SmackDown after WrestleMania 39, if Walter showed up with Malcolm Bivens as his manager and was like, hey, buddy, I'm here. Like, come on. Okay. I'm just going to put that out
1: there. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd rather be Braun Breaker with Malcolm Bivens as his mouthpiece and the Creed brothers behind him too. Oh, I like that, actually. I I
2: like Braun Breaker with the Creed brothers behind him and Malcolm Bivens as the mouthpiece. I, I actually do like that. That would be really good. Hell,
0: we need as many tag teams as possible. Call up Imperium, Diamond Mine, Biv. Let all of that cook on SmackDown. That would be the far superior show when Roman becomes God inevitably. But I love all those ideas. We just need some tag teams to just elevate the bloodline and themselves as well via whatever they do post-WrestleMania. As we put a bow on this deluxe sized edition of the rap. I want to thank Scott and CJ for joining me per the usual, a lot of laughs and shade along the way regarding all things. WWE. Thank you guys so much.
2: It's always a pleasure. This was great. Um, this was, uh, this was low key. One of the best shows we've done so far.
1: Um, they keep getting better every week. And, uh, We didn't even, uh, Von Wagner isn't even, uh, six feet deep yet. He's only two feet under, so he's still alive.
3: Oh, well, this is good. You know, speaking of low key, like he's, I'm just waiting for him to be on control your narrative, but anyway. Oh my
2: God. That's um, a good call. That's a really good um, call.
3: Uh, my favorite NXT wrestler ever. Um, Yes. Thank you for having me on. It was, it hurt at times, but it was worth it. Always fun. Um, anyone listening, please listen to one hour Broadway, which is my podcast. Um, it's, 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 I'm slowly like on, un, on un, unraveling on that show. So if you want to hear me fall apart in real time, listen to that, but yes, thank you for having me on. I love doing the rap.
0: No problem. And for those of you listening for free, we do have a double dip for you via the Patreon for Fight Game Media Network Plus as me and Scott recapped NXT TakeOver Rival from February 2015. That's dropping sometime this week, right before the end of this month on the Fight Game Media Network Plus via Patreon. Drop five dollars now to get your fix as Scott pretty much buried and tarred and feathered bull Dempsey bull. and broke bull. me
2: bull. 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 <laughs> bull. bull,
0: and broke me in the process. So please tune in for that, which will drop around the same time as you're listening to this very show right now. So we'll be back next week covering everything as that road to WrestleMania continues for myself, for Scott, for CJ. That's a wrap.